How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Tea for the Queen podcast. The podcast where we try to keep our sanity in an era of staying woke. We explore current events and issues and topics through the lens of progressive thought, discussion, feminism, peace, and love, all while keeping wellness at the center of it all. My name is Tierra Burns. I am your host, and this is your episode. Hello, everybody. So we have on with us Miss Michelle Perry. Hello. <laughs> and we have her on because um, we found you on TikTok, just what you know. And we, I had, until, geez, it feels like the same year. Until 2020, I did not know that BSL was even a thing, but I was extremely delighted to find out that it is. And Sal and me, we just had the conversation where we said, well, we have to bring her on to talk about her experiences as a child who grew up around BSL. So, yeah. So well, you- I'm excited to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> so tell, tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me a little bit about your family. Um, so born and raised here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, both my parents are deaf. My mother was born deaf. Um, she's the baby out of all of her family. So she's spoiled rotten. (laughs) And my father, he, my grandmother had nine children. So three are deaf, three are hard of hearing and three can hear. So my family's just extremely loud. We do a lot of yelling. <laughs> That's our normal, I guess, decibel of speaking. We're just loud. We're loud and fun. <laughs> That's good. How did you want to? Oh, okay. So I, obviously, we just talked about how we found you on TikTok. What motivated yeah. you to start Codica exactly? So I work with people that have disabilities. And I noticed that there was a very big disconnect on young adults, like teenagers entering the work field and what they knew about the working force. So I started making YouTube videos and I found out that I wasn't really that good at editing. So I kind of fell off and then, um, what happened and then September came around and I'm like okay so I started my YouTube videos in the beginning of the pandemic like March March April made maybe two videos and realized okay Michelle you're talking too much you're losing your audience you don't know how to edit let's rework this it's okay so you know it was just trial and error so when September came around it was deaf awareness month and I'm like okay Michelle you got to stay relevant it's Deaf Awareness Month. Let's do something on TikTok because TikTok are one minute videos. Mm. So I'm like, okay, for Deaf Awareness, instead of teaching Deaf students how to do certain things, let's teach the hearing world how to interact with Deaf people. I like so that. So that's what I started doing for Deaf Awareness. And it kind of took off 
in a way that I didn't expect. And so now I'm trying to rework it as opposed to I want to eventually get goal board services up and running, Coda Plug running and um, providing services to young adults, young deaf adults. But in the process of me teaching hearing people all of this deaf education, I'm like, if this is a way for me to fund my dream, because people are really supporting me, and it just fell into my lap. If I can use this platform to educate all, and then any revenue or anything that comes from that, I'm able to plug that into young adults and feed young adults information. Mm. Let's work it. I love that. So where do, you know, where do young deaf adults go now to get support? You know, where do they go to learn how to navigate the world? Um, so what, what the challenges are and then the resources. So the challenges are, it's not deaf people having deaf children. Mm-hmm. It's quite the opposite. It's hearing people having deaf children and not knowing how to communicate with their deaf child. Mm-hmm or not effectively communicating in the home. So there's that language barrier in the home. And then as far as resources, we already know that public school can be kind of, I don't want to, are we, can we cuss on your platform? Yes, explicit. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was going to, you know, like both my parents are deaf. I've been cussing since I was probably two. That's cool. So, (laughs) but, um, so, you know, Public school has failed us in so many different ways. And so what I'm doing is I work for vocational rehabilitation, which is a state agency. They help people with disability. So your disability disability could be depression, autism. It could be that you've been in a very bad car accident and you have physical limitations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're not taking care of your diabetes and you lose a limb or whatever the case may be you could be eligible for services with vocational rehabilitation. Due to my upbringing and my background, I work with the deaf and hard of hearing population. Mm -hmm. So that's a major resource that we have. Um, And that's in all states. So all over um, the United States, you can find an office in in your area. That's fantastic. Now, I want to go into BSL specifically. Um, So I, I did some research and I found out that ASL was sign language is the most, or ASL is like the third most used language in the world. Yes, it is very, very common. And then also, um, so it's BASL. Yes, because BSL, someone might think that you're talking about British sign language because there's more than 200 sign languages in the world. Yes, I found that out. Now, I did see BASL and I'm like, well, is it BSL or BASL? Yeah, no worries though. We're all learning here. Okay, I'm happy you said that apart. And the funny, the funny thing is that when I was about oh man, eight years old, my mom, she got this like really, really thick textbook for us. She used to give us um book reports to do as children. It was torturous, but <laughs> it paid off. But right. she um, wanted us to learn sign language. It was a sign language book. Even mm-hmm. back then, I, now like I wish I would have stuck with it because like we were kind of getting good at like trying to figure it out. I don't remember it anymore. But that's 
beside the point. What I wanted to ask you is what sets apart BASL today from ASL? Like what are the major differences? I've seen that it's more rhythmic, but what, what are they? So the originally what the difference was, was black ASL started in the South because of segregation. And so when my parents went to school during segregation, they had black instructors. They were not with the white students. The white students had their own separate school. So due to being shut out from main society, you create your own effective way to communicate. And so there are some signs that are different. So for example, um, my mom, she called me, you might've seen this on my TikTok, but she called me one day and she was like, Hey, your aunt told me um, about this sign I completely forgot about Sunday. And I'm like, okay, Sunday, where did that come from? My mom was like, I don't know. Cause typically I'll sign Sunday with um, like your thumb caressing your, your cheek or your two palms up, like your, I, I don't know, the two palms up church. So Sunday. So those are the two signs that I grew up using. Um, and so Black ASL derived from, segregation um so a lot of but there's so many asset aspects of black asl say for example with black asl it could be more of a bigger signing space so you could have someone that's signing hello my name but in Black ASL, you'd be like, hey, what's up? And your 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 arms, your facial expressions, everything is more exaggerated. And that's just how we are as Black people. Even in hearing culture, we do it. Right. So, um, and it's, it's so funny because when it comes to Black ASL, sometimes I can't even put it into words. It's just who I am. It's just something that I've done for so long. And now that people are doing research about it, I'm like, oh, I guess I do do that, huh? Oh, I never thought about that because it's just something that was embedded into me. And now that people are actually doing research and documentaries on it, I'm like, oh, huh, I never thought about that. I just do it. So you mentioned earlier how um, you kind of started signing like that. How old were you? Because I remember um, I had to learn, I believe, ASL because my mom was in a car accident and she ended up losing like her, some of her motor skills so she couldn't speak. So okay. me and my like sisters whenever we were younger we had to learn like a little bit of asl to be able to communicate with her that is long and lost like long right if you don't use it you lose it yeah she eventually got better but how old were you whenever you started signing and was it asl was it bf basl like um so i was uh, my mom said that she taught me about two my dad he like i said he came from a big family so my dad, he did a lot of um, speaking to us, yelling at us, however you want to, you know, categorize it. He was, he was just super loud. But he, my dad used his voice with us. So um, as I was getting older, my mom was like, hold on, she's talking to her dad more than she's talking to me. Let me start teaching my baby some sign language. So my mom started at about two years old. Some of her friends were like, go ahead and start teaching her signs like milk and different signs like that, just so she can communicate. My mom would communicate to me wet diaper. Whenever my diaper was wet, I started mimicking to let her know, hey girl, we got to change this. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, wow. So you were pretty much, I guess, would it be considered 
Yes, yeah, so it's actually considered my first language because my mother, you know, taught me as a baby. But I grew up, you know, learning English, learning how to talk and learning sign language at the same time. So I figured that since you kind of grew up around this environment, have you noticed anything that is like not as accessible with like everyday things? Uh, yes. Made like so much easier by simple changes? Yes. Um, my whole life right now when it comes to work is about providing accommodations. So simple things for these masks that are here to protect us and that are not going anywhere causes such difficulty because I didn't realize how much my mom depended on reading people's lips, even though lip reading is hard, but those clues that your lips can give you or even your facial expressions, um, you know, a simple eyebrow raise or a simple smile, or if somebody's confused, if we're both confused, the different things that your face, your face makes or does to provide those context clues my mom's, my parents aren't getting. Um, so during this time, a lot of people are taking time during the pandemic to just take a step back, educate themselves on certain things. And I think that learning basic sign language would be just so helpful. And I'm not saying you have to become fluent, but just a couple of words, a couple of phrases just to get by, or even if you work in fast food, I don't know if you saw the TikTok of my dad trying to get his apple pies, honey, but that was a struggle. And just, you know, even numbers just one through 10 could go a long way. Yeah, I can imagine that's very frustrating. I would be frustrated. Yes. Especially if it's like simple, simple things that we could all do. Do you have like any, um, suggestions on how you know if somebody wanted to learn ASL exactly like where they could go or what is the best option or the best way of learning um yeah so there are let's start off with saying that if you want to learn sign language I would recommend learning sign language from a deaf person mm -hmm. um just because a per the when it comes to a sign language, their grammar structure is different. Their syntax is different. So learning um, sign language from a deaf person is critical. I, myself, I am, my family and I, we are, we're teaching sign language classes now. Yeah. And so I'm more so of just the support of my mom and my dad navigating the Zoom stuff and marketing. <laughs> But it's, it's deaf instructors teaching sign language. Um, but in regards to some resources, there's a website called Sign Savvy where you can type in a word or a phrase. And um, there's like a database that will provide you with how you sign that. And I think even the definition of what that means. So that's one resource. There are some deaf um, TikTokers and content creators that are providing um, phrases such as like, if you're going to a restaurant, how do you welcome yourself, basic drinks, numbers. If you're in the medical profession, how you, you know, ask someone to call for help, 911, um, just, just basic, simple things. But um, I'm trying to think, sign savvy is one. That's, that's the number one that I can think of at this time. 
So are you, do you happen to be involved in any advocacy groups for people who are deaf or hearing impaired? I am not particularly involved in a particular group. Um, say, for example, if my parents are, my parents pre-COVID were involved in, um, what is it, the National Black Deaf Advocate Group. Um, whenever they would have like functions for the uh, deaf community, my parents would go. There's different. My dad, he did a lot of work with the deaf and blind community. So whenever they would go um, to certain events, I would go. Now that I am older and becoming more intentional with how I'm utilizing my time because I do work multiple jobs. I'm like, okay, now that you're you're being more intentional, now that you're 30 years old and um just more motivated, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, I am looking into joining some some um advocacy groups. Okay, yeah. I was so pretty much what you listed is the ones that you know we should look out for. Um so I'm trying to think. I know in North Carolina there's I don't want to misspeak. I don't know if they've changed the location of the camp, but there's a deaf I call it the deaf blind camp. That's what I'm familiar with. But in North Carolina is Camp Dogwood. Mm -hmm. And that's where my dad spent a lot of his time um, doing volunteering services. I don't know, just because a lot of brick and mortar places are making changes, I don't know what that looks like pre-COVID. But the one that I am familiar with at this time is the National Black or North Carolina Black Deaf Advocates. There's also um, a national Black Deaf organization as well. So does Black Lives Matter incorporate the deaf community? Do you happen to know? I have some, I have seen some things where it has incorporated the deaf community. Um, a very good friend of mine, and she's also an interpreter. We have um, interpreted a couple of Black Lives Matter, protests and some candlelight visuals here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So yes, I have seen a lot of different um, organizations or different, different groups of people incorporate the deaf community more. There's definitely um, a hypervigilance at this time and I'm here for it. Yeah. And Michelle, I want to know, um, what, do you, what did you think about the inauguration someone it was actually there signing what did you think about that moment it was the first time I had seen and it, it really touched my heart and it was I was excited but I'm gonna spill a little bit of tea huh? right so I was super excited to see a woman of color up there using sign language and some of her signs were a bit different and I'm like hmm I wonder where she's from so going on social media and looking at some of the sign language groups uh, that I'm a part of and deaf community groups that I'm a part of, people were upset that she was signing. They were like, what inspired her to, to be using sign language? Why is she signing wrong? And I'm like, ah, who hasn't said the Pledge of Allegiance 50 million times? We all know when we're, what we all know what she was saying. What's the problem here? Come to find out a lot of the 
people of the the wonderful people of um, the white community Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. appeared to not understand her. Now, I'm not going to say everybody, but there were a good amount of people who were like, what is she saying? Come to find out she's a CODA. So her father was deaf. Mm. And her father went to school during segregation in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so some of her signs was black ASL. Mm, I love that. I love it. I did too, but I was just like the audacity. Y'all, y'all tripping. So of course you wouldn't, like I said, I was going to spill some tea because of course you wouldn't know that. But being a part of the deaf community and the outrage that so Mm. many people had, I'm like, simmer down. What, what? What was wrong? She wasn't one of y'all. So y'all upset. Exactly. And that just shows you privilege, is, you know, white privilege just seeps in everywhere in right. every intersection, every single community, because they felt, how dare you not communicate in a way to make us comfortable? Exactly. Oof, girl. Exactly. <laughs> I, know. I was livid. Like I haven't, I was going to create a TikTok, but I couldn't. I couldn't even talk about the topic without saying a cuss word. So I was like, you know what, Michelle, just, you, you're, you're big mad right now. Just, just let it go. The thing I, I really like about black ASL is it's like a dialect. It is a dialect. It's a, it's like AAVE, except for time. Exactly. I feel like it's a, it's a very close cultural thing because it's kind of the same thing. Cause not a lot of people were very fond of AAVE in the first place. And now it's a thing. Look at us now. Right. <laughs> Apparently it's a generation. They, yeah, Gen Z language. Okay. <laughs> so do you think that eventually BSL is going to end up going kind of in that direction? Not BSL, my, my son. B-A-S-L. There we go. Is going to end um, up in that direction. In the direction of becoming a Gen Z thing or a... Becoming like... Um, very popular to the point where people were probably gonna you know say it's their own um I I don't know I don't think so I I I I see people becoming more aware I see people in the deaf community becoming more aware for example um my parents because they were forced to code switch at my mom was what 17 my dad was my mom, no, my dad, my mom was like 17 when she stopped using her, her black ASL signs, like the, we call it the old school signs. So for my parents' generation, they were felt at that, they were made to feel at that time that their sign language was improper, less than, not as good as. And so my parents and I are having intentional conversations of, Honey, I've been having a code switch since I was five. We just never had an opportunity to talk about it until I became 30. <laughs> so the same things that you had to do back then, I had to do as well. And just bringing light on that situation. Um, I'm also a sign language interpreter part-time. And I've been having conversations with different people about how a person that may be the majority might provide feedback. Oh, you should sign like this. Mm, you, hey, let's let's take a step back and you know let's be not so quick to correct because it could be black ASL and you're not even aware. Right, right. 
I mean, there are some, you know, like when you work in the education field, if you're a Black student with a white sign language interpreter, there that disconnect could very well be there. And I definitely think that's a, a very big cultural thing because the way that, again, English and then the standard sign language is, is very towards white and it's very towards like European type of. Right. But I, I don't think that it'll become a, oh, this is mine, but I just I just see so much awareness being brought up that we're, we're all just learning from it. And like I said, growing up, I didn't realize, oh, I did, this is Black ASL. I was just doing sign language and I was just being me. And I just realized in certain environments, I kind of had to change a little bit or, hey, this person's not understanding me. Let me think of a different way to rephrase it. Not realizing, oh, this is Black ASL. This is white ASL. It was just all sign language to me. So I've noticed after following you on TikTok, (laughs) I've noticed that I've come across, I think, a couple of more I'm going to say kids because they're younger than me. Kids who also do uh, Black ASL. Have you seen something like that around on TikTok? And how do, how do you feel about that? I have. Um, so there's this one girl. Her name is um, Nakia Smith. I don't know if you, her, um, her TikTok name is It's Charmay. She's actually deaf and she's fifth generation deaf. So her mom's deaf, her grandmother's deaf, her grandparents are deaf and her great grandparents are deaf. And so um, my family, we get a joy out of watching them on TikTok. I love the content that she brings. She even, she's sassy with it too. Like before she, um, or whenever she's done with her video, she'll put lotion on her her hands and she's like, exit. And people are like, why do you do that? She's like, okay, well, when you're talking, you get parched and you have to drink water. I have to make sure my hands are moisturized. What's the difference? And I'm like, you better go ahead, girl. So she's one person and there's um there's a couple of other people. There's another lady named Raven that I follow. She's deaf and she does a lot of um song interpretation. So you'll find her do a little bit of everything, whether it's Nikki, Cardi B, all types of stuff. And she's awesome to watch. I hope that whenever um concerts are a thing again hopefully we'll see her on the big screen as a interpreter at the concerts that's what I'm hoping I hope that she blows up how oh sorry I was I was just thinking how often are interpreters at concerts I've seen them a lot honestly I I don't go to a lot of I I honestly don't go to a lot of concerts, but I have seen I have seen um, videos of the interpreters at concerts, providing that accessibility because deaf people do go to concerts. Yeah, deaf people can, um, you know, they can feel the vibrations. They love um, artists just as much as we do. Wow. And they have their accommodations, whether it's the sign language interpreter or their hearing aids or whatever the case may be, they can feel the, the beats of the music as well. 
One thing I have seen at um because I've been to festivals and seen different interpreters and every single one has like their own different type of flair. And if I'm like watching a rapper, it's usually like a guy who's interpreting it and he's like doing, you know, all over the song. And I now I like now that I think about it, I'm wondering, is he doing BASL like, you know, like that's just my thought. Like, you know, is that possible that they're doing it at that level? Because rap music does use AAVE. So, you know. Right. It yeah. could be incorporated into it. Like I said, there's different as- there's different aspects and facets of Black ASL. Mm-hmm. So, for example, there might be um, like a sign. I was asking my mom because I'm like, hey, ma. Cause she, she uses the word tripping. She's like, you're tripping. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, do you see other white people use that sign? Cause I haven't not mm-hmm. in my, in my working field. I'm usually not using tripping in my <laughs> vocabulary. So I'm like, I wonder, you know, I just wonder. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, no, I've seen other people use that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just I was just curious. So, but there are, you're right. It there is a VE in music and rap and things of that nature. So I believe there's certain aspects of it that can be incorporated. Yes. Mm, that's really cool. Now you did mention that there are some things that um some signs that people should know, like they should just get to know today, just to, you know, get help the deaf community out and also to, you know, just because you sh- I feel like you should know it. Um, yeah. This will be on YouTube. What are some of those signs that we could learn like at this moment to incorporate in our daily lives? Um, some of the signs, I'm trying to make sure I have some signing space. Um, <laughs> um, so my name, mm-hmm. and then you could just finger spell. Okay. So you could, you know, you could like learn your ABCs, which is available online. It's everywhere. So yeah. So my yeah. name, and then I wanted to learn it. So yeah, practice. Practice. Okay. This is practice. Practice. Mm-hmm. Does it matter which hand I use? Because so the the hand that's going to be sitting still is going to mm-hmm. be your not dominant hand. So your dominant hand, whatever hand you write with, is the one that's going to be moving. What if I'm... No, never mind. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say, what if I'm multidextrous, but I'm really not. I'm trying to okay. be. <laughs> <laughs> so this is practice. practice. So, um, and hello is the same. Hello. Hello. Okay. Mm-hmm. So hello, and then my name. Okay. My name. Mm-hmm. 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 And then um, if you see someone... um. This is need. Okay. Help. Help. Because mm-hmm. like if you're in a store somewhere or okay. you just see anybody, if somebody needs need help. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Help. Mm-hmm. What if I want to say, can you hear? Like, can you hear me? Like to say, to identify if someone is hard of hearing. Oh, well, you could say so like, yeah, are you deaf? Okay, are you deaf? Mm-hmm. So okay. You deaf. So this is deaf and this is hearing. You know, like our, our mouths are just moving. Okay. Yep, so. Well, this is really good. So tell tell the people where they can find you, Michelle. Okay, so you can find me on TikTok, which mm-hmm. is Coda, C-O-D-A underscore plug, P-L-U-G. You can also find me on Facebook, 
Coda plug, no underscore. Pretty, pretty simple. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Coda plug ASL. And you can email me at goal, G-O-A-L, Ford, B-O-A-R-D services at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Tea for the Queen podcast. All of the resources will be in the show notes. Remember to check out Michelle at Coda Plug on her website, her email address, and all of the socials. If you have any questions or can't find the information mentioned in this episode, hit us up on Instagram or um, Facebook. It's at Tea for the Queen. My name is Sierra Burns. I have been your host as well as style today. And we look forward to talking to you next week. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.